welcome to Extreme One to Watch. We are here again with Tegan Peck, Destiny Crane, and Dana Burns-Shaw, fifth and sixth generation Burns family members. We are here with inspirational barrel racers. Today we have with us Ashley Beveridge. We look forward to learning more about her and her journey with barrel racing. Yes, welcome. Great, thanks for having me. Yeah. Ashley, how long have you been barrel racing? Tell us a little bit, uh, walk us through how you got into this sport. Yeah, so um, I've been barrel racing basically my whole life, off and on. Um, came from a cattle ranching background, my grandparents, and so I rode and like any girl was horse crazy from day one, wanted my own. Um, mom didn't necessarily ride a lot at the time when I was a kid and stuff, so eventually got to get my own horse and went with my aunt and uncle a lot and did some junior rodeos. and. Then high school rodeoed and then took a break after because I didn't have a horse anymore and then got going again about 11 years ago and haven't stopped since. Wonderful. Yeah, so good to be, good to be back. <laughs> yes, so tell us a little bit now about your traveling partner that comes with you as well. Yeah, so the tables have kind of turned. Um, back when my mom was growing up and stuff, she was more the, the hippie cowgirl and my aunt was um, more of the rodeo and they roped a lot and stuff. And then now that aunt, doesn't ride a horse and now my mom actually rodeos and comes with me and so we um, pretty much traveled all the big barrel races together and hit a lot of the jackpots so it's been a lot of fun couldn't ask for a better partner oh, we agree it's fun when you can do and ha uh, have fun with your mom in a different setting and support each other and it's really been great to watch the two of you and and how you help and support each other and so tell us a little you have a funny story about um, any of your travels together oh there's always funny stories with mom and I um, we, we laugh in fact uh, when we had done one of the um, the interviews when you guys um, had the interviews a year or so ago <laughs> we were laughing because it's like the tables had turned um, where I became the parent when it comes to this, as far as I'm always helping, okay, mom, you gotta do this entry and do that and everything. So we kind of have that running joke and yeah, there's laughter every time. I'm so blessed to make these memories with my mom. They're definitely something I'm gonna cherish forever. You had some great success with the Extreme Million. Why and when did you decide to get in uh, to the Extreme Million? Well, I decided from day one when I started hearing about it, because. Why not? I mean, we only live once and yeah, it was definitely an investment, but the way that you guys have done it, it's in my opinion, a no brainer because you have ways to win money. I've been very blessed that both years have paid off for me and obviously not everybody gets that opportunity, but I'm very thankful that I have because it's opened some cool doors and done some really neat things. And so I appreciate the fact that you guys had a vision because it's not every day you can win that kind of money. And so, I mean, don't get me wrong, I still love my you know, $100 jackpot wins or any of those checks too, but when you start adding that many zeros behind it, it's kind of intimidating and fun all at the same time. Do you know what your two-year total, we've only had the Extreme Million for two years and you were in the top 25 both years. Mm -hmm. So do you know what your two-year total is? Roughly? You know, I, embarrassingly, I haven't done the math, but roughly it's probably over 42000 which mm -hmm. I still, like saying the number out loud, I s still can't believe it, but that's what it is roughly around. So. And what did you do with the winnings? So it's been kind of fun. Um, I have wanted to continue to invest it back in my program because I figure there's probably not going to be a day where I could, you know, put $42,000 into barrel racing. <laughs> and so um, it's it's been fun. I um, I bought like a roping sled and stuff because I do rope as well. Um, I did an embryo transfer, which I probably wouldn't have justified doing 
out of my main mare, Mia. Um, and I bred her to eight, see nothing yet. And so we've got that baby coming this year. And then I actually bought another horse. Um, Mia's getting old, so I kind of needed something in between. I actually have a colt out of her that is, well, I say colt, but he's six, <laughs> that needs to get going, but I needed something in between. I didn't want to be forced to uh, get him going too fast. And so I bought Savannah, who um, I've been running, and she actually helped contribute to that large win this last year. Um, they both won good checks. And then with this year's money, I actually just bought my mom a burn saddle today. She's been wanting one for a while, so close the deal on that. And then um, I'm still on the works, but I got my contract for Savannah to do an embryo transfer out of her to Ain't See Nothing Yet. And I'm still trying to figure out who I'm gonna bring Mia back to. So, wow. so it's been fun. So lots of, lots of stuff coming in the future. I don't know for sure what all I'm doing with the rest of the money, but so far that's kind of what we've been doing. Great. And what made you choose Ain't Seen Nothing Yet for yeah. all of your prospects? Yeah, so I've seen I've seen a lot of good horses come out of him. And, you know, he's obviously kind of the new one to watch. And so I was lucky to be able to get the contract last year before he blew up even more. And then this year we got the approval and got the contract. And so that was pretty exciting because she really limited the books. And I do feel like Savannah is a pretty exceptional mare, and I'm excited to see what they can come up with. <laughs> oh, that'll be a great little... Yeah, I'm excited. So it'll be fun. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. So our the first year, the top money earner was an eight seen nothing yet in the Extreme Million, too. So yeah, it yes, was. Just keep those winning, winning ways with... That's the plan. <laughs> it's been fun. I followed him for a while and, you know, talked to some people, of course, that have babies and stuff, because, you know, it is part of your family, and... So got to do the research that side, and it's been really fun, especially after I bred to him, because I feel like he, his offspring have really taken off in the last year, especially. Yeah. So it's been really cool. Yeah. And you mentioned Mia. Um, she's now 20 years old this year. So let's talk about um, running an older horse, the challenges, how you're overcoming it, and how you're keeping her running great and yeah. making big bucks. Yes. So she's slowed down a little bit over the years, but she has... The biggest heart so I think heart plays a huge role in it and then to I Mia's a funny funny story she's been passed around a lot <laughs> she was in the broodmare pen so she didn't even get started until she was like eight I think and Tegan you actually got a chance to uh, ride Mia before Mia came in my life too yes and so I think a lot of things have contributed to that one she was started later so she wasn't you know ran into the ground super young and early and then I'm really good about preventative maintenance. So, you know, the second I started running her and stuff, she's been on joint supplements. Um, we do regular chiropractic work, body work, of course, good performance vet, um, specializing in anything that you need and knowing that you've got, you know, a good team that way. Um, and then we try to do a lot of like back on track and um, PMF therapy when they need it and stuff like that. So I would say preventative maintenance and a good team, whether that's a performance vet, or chiropractic, body work, any of that. You just have to have the right people on your team. So I, I keep telling her, I mean, her knees look horrible. Um, she's got arthritis in them and stuff, but she's still got good flex and she still wants to go. And so it's like I always say, when she tells me she's done, she'll be done, but she's not done. <laughs> so. No, she didn't look like so she was done. going. <laughs> Yeah, she's fun. She, she keeps letting you hold up those great big checks. <laughs> yeah, she does. Yeah, so the first year, all the winnings was her. And then this year, it was fun to be able to win um, money on both of them. I think she was a little over 6000 and then Savannah was the rest of it. So, 
it was it was fun that she still gets a piece of the pie. Mm -hmm. And two, she's competitive. She gets mad. She doesn't like that I'm riding another horse. And so um, my husband, in fact, I sent him the videos last night, and he's like, oh, yeah, Mimi's about six-tenths off of Savannah. She, she still wants to go. I'm like, yep, <laughs> she does. <laughs> so that's fun. How did you meet your husband? <laughs> Funny story. Randomly um, got introduced through a group text message, or not a group text message, but a through a text message. Um, so... <laughs> Back when MySpace was a thing, this guy was like talking to me on there and I, I had no interest, but I, I was nice and, you know, we chatted or whatever and he realized that there was no interest there. And so he's like, well, actually I have this friend. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's kind of his thing is he like specializes in like matching people up. And so, yeah, we got introduced through a text message and then we actually talked for a month before we went on our first date and then the rest was history. So it's kind of a different story, but it was fun and worked. So That's cool. What's your occupation outside of barrel racing? So I wear a lot of hats. Um, I am a full-time banker. So I have my, if you want to call it a nine to five job, um, with Zions Bank. And so I'm in the treasury management department there. And then um, obviously the horses and stuff keep me busy. And then we bought my dad's business this last year. so. I'm working usually seven days a week. Um, we've got RPM's powder coating now, and so I'm uh, doing some powder coating in the evenings and weekends, and so you probably will see some comical pictures of us filthy dirty in our shop adventures, but it's fun, and I love it. Wow, that's busy. <laughs> I thought yeah. we were busy. It's been fun. <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah we're, we'll get settled in a little bit more soon, but it's it's definitely uh, time consuming between everything and we're, we're blessed to walk into, I mean, as you guys know, have an established business, it's nice when you can keep it in the family and know that you're walking in not having to start from scratch and you've got clientele built up and stuff to keep you busy all the time. <laughs> so what kind of challenges, of, you know, with juggling your schedule, what does your morning routine look like? <laughs> Well, it depends on the day because some days I have a vision for what it's going to look like, but then uh, I stayed up too late the night before and it makes it a little bit more challenging. So summertime, I really like to get up early and ride before work. Um, I get up and feed usually when it's dark and then start jumping on horses. Um, still been working a little bit remote and so I try to actually force myself to take a lunch break and ride another horse um, during my lunch break and stuff too. So my mornings are usually um, jam-packed with fitting as much in as I can before I start my official work day. So usually my hair is on fire running around. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. What, what time do you get up in the summer? It depends. I like to try to be up around 5, 5.30 at the latest. So. Yeah, such a dedicated, um, it, it takes a lot of dedication to keep a horse sound and fit. And as we talk about it, it isn't just luck. There's definitely good management that goes, goes with that. What are, what's one of the biggest things you've had to overcome, Ashley? When it comes to horses, I would say any horse owner can appreciate the fact that horses are a lot of obstacles all in one. Um, I, Unfortunately, growing up, I had a lot of decent horses, good horses that just continued to run into lameness issues or they die. We went through a lot of spells where it was just like every time you'd get something running good, they'd colic or there was always something. And so it was like I was always starting over from scratch. And I was very fortunate. My mom handed over the reins to um, a little horse named Poncho and he he was so cool. And so I got to high school rodeo on him and stuff the remainder of my years after I lost my horse that took me to state. And he was so much fun. And then after that, just, you know, didn't have a horse again. And then I got Mia and she was going pretty solid. She just really needed to be seasoned and, and stuff more. And 
got going good and was all excited. Well, she has massive hormone issues. And so then it became, I can't haul my horse because she was running great, but she was tearing everything up. She was destroying my trailer. I thought she was gonna break her leg. She'd rub her hip bra. She was biting the inside of my trailer, tearing everything apart. Took her in, she got misdiagnosed with an ovarian tumor. So we took an ovary out thinking that that would help. It made her worse. They wanted me to spay her, found out later it could have made it worse. And thankfully I didn't because now I've got, you know, a baby on the way and I've got a baby on the ground and stuff from her. And so just, there was a lot of times where it would have been really easy to give up, especially with her because I, I can't even count the number of drives home bawling <laughs> because I didn't know if I was going to get her home. And so just horses, yeah. <laughs> they'll, they'll do it. We all have been there, but she's been, I feel like my reward for all the other ones, mm. even though she made me work at it, but <laughs> yeah, it makes you appreciate it, right? Yeah. Yes. So why don't you tell us about your saddle and how it's impacted your program? Yeah. So my first burns I won, I think it's been three years ago now, fell in love with it and it's been amazing. I, um, <laughs> so I'll back up some other saddle stories. So I rode a really, really, really bad saddle for a long time that was really falling apart, but I refused to buy another one. And I said, I'm not going to buy one. I'm going to win one. And so eventually I won one and I love it. And I, I rode that one for a long time. And then Mia being the wonder pony she is, won a couple saddles and uh, her third saddle she won was my Burns one. And I absolutely fell in love with it. No, no knocking any other brands, but I love my Burns. And so this last time around too, um, as part of those winnings that I had won as well is I bought myself another saddle. When I bought Savannah, she's wider. So I ran her in too narrow of a saddle because it's what I had. And then I ended up getting my customized saddle um, from you guys as well. And I love it. So I put my family brand on it. Um, they're the reason I ride. They're everything. And so the fact that my grandpa passed away three years ago, my grandma's still around and I was able to get the family brand. It was only fitting that it went on a saddle I was going to design. So it's very special and it uh, literally went to the winning circle right after I got it, it um, a few days before the Extreme Million. And in fact, incredible. I actually entered twice the Friday of before we started um, the regular race so that I could get my first run in my saddle. <laughs> so um, luckily by the million, I had ran it, what, four times before my first million, but it, it was fun and it's been incredible. I love it. Well, apparently it's lucky. It is. It's was won it, a lot of money yeah. in the last uh, little bit. It so. really has. Right out of the right out of the shoot, it was like no break-in required. <laughs> Boom. No, which is so nice. And I felt that way even about my other burns. Is it's like, it's like I don't know, putting on a good pair of uh, shoes or a good glove. It just when they fit, you fit, and you know. And that's how my saddles, both of them, have been. Right down to, I was even impressed that there was a hoof pick in there. It's like you guys do a lot of little things on there that others maybe don't think of. So thank you for that too. Well, you know, you are so talented in so many things. And one of the many things that I've been impressed with was early on, I followed you on social media, of course, and just your eloquence with writing. You really write really well. And where did you get that, um, that passion from? How did that come about in your life, Ashley? So I, I honestly, I don't know. My mom likes to write a little bit, but I didn't come from a bunch of writers, but I, I've always loved to write. Um, I don't know, maybe I just like to talk so much, so it's easy to put it down on paper too. <laughs> and so like even in school and stuff, I, I took creative writing and I've just, I've always loved to write it. And um, I've wrote a lot of poems and a lot of different things over the years. And I'm working on a book, but you know, I'm like on the 10 year plan of that because I've been a little busy with everything. So 
excited for that as well and just I, I just love to write so what kind of topic if you don't mind what, um, it's it's kind of hard to describe it because there's still a few things in the works with it but it will be something that I think a lot of people can relate to but in the same aspect it's not necessarily a self-help but I secretly hope that it will help a lot of people with with the message in it so it's not like a biography or anything fancy like that but it'll hopefully be something that people will enjoy when I get around to getting it done. So. <laughs> yes. yes, you are always so positive and inspirational to others and you just light up the room when you enter one. So well, thank you. We, yeah. Yep, we love always love to see your extreme family. Yes. Love being a part of the extreme family. Well, and you got and you've overcome a lot as well. I watched your journal of and journaling out uh, with your brother and and all of that, if you can share a little bit about that. I know it's a hard story, but I think you brought a big community into that. And that's when I really felt like I got to know you or your heart was, was through that trial that you went through. Yeah, so the actual anniversary of my brother's accident was on the first, so we're you know right there. So it's always, it's always hard driving through Salt Lake. So my brother Colton was in a motorcycle accident almost three years to the day and he had burns on about 70% of his body. So he was down here in Salt Lake at the burn unit and he fought hard, so hard for four months. And then he went septic again for the third time and we finally lost him in January. And it was so incredibly hard to watch somebody fight so hard just to be gone. Um, I had been there a few days before he passed and I, I still like, I, even to this day, I can't wrap my head around it. Just how you can go from being so good and talking about him coming home, you know, not soon, but in the very near future to just gone, you know, and it really was something that as awful as it was, there was so many hidden blessings. And not only did we pull together strong as a family, but we brought so many people together as a community and Colton's faith was strong and our faith was strong and we literally had people all over the world praying for him and watching strangers come together and watching how hard he fought and just watching our family be as incredible as they are it just it was so humbling and it, it was so hard though too because it was just there was a two-year period where it's like you just name it I mean my grandpa passed in July Colton's accident was on October we lost um, my husband's uh, great-grandma recently within that time frame then we lost his brother a few months after we lost Colton and it was one of those times where you really had to make the decision do you want to get stuck in this or do you want to find something to live for and we all had to make those decisions and it, it wasn't easy. And yeah, there's still some days where it's harder than others, but our days are numbered and you literally never know when something will happen. And so you have to choose what you want. And I think that this was one of those times where literally every day we had to choose. And watching my stepmom lose her second child was, devastating and the fact that she was as strong as she was too and my dad who finally got a son losing his son like you have to find something in that because if not you'll get consumed so i just think choosing how you want to live your life and understanding that each day is a blessing 
and there's people dying every day or some people don't have their health. Like everything can change in a matter of moments. So you've just got to live. And that's what I'm trying to do every day. What a great message. And what a great, uh, it, it really was and is, that was, I saw such a different side that I didn't know existed when you were going through all of that. And I really did feel like you brought us into your story. And I thought that the community did help lift that up. And, and that's, that's what we're here for, is to unify together, to help each other, because we all have to experience these losses, but you've had so many in a short amount of time, but no one would know that. And I just have to say that um, when, when you come to the event, as Destiny has mentioned before, you do bring a light. It is, it is it's bright and shiny and we so appreciate it. And it's important that people hear your story and understand it because they can overcome their things too. And you wear it so well, you haven't uh, let it slow you down and you always help bring together this community that we're so fortunate to have you a part of it. So just super blessed to, to know you and your mom. And we love that this is such a family sport and, um, and just so many possibilities. And I smile that the third year in a row, you're gonna be in that yes. top 25, <laughs> adding to the 42,000 that you've already acquired. And I, I love when you're at the gate, you're such, you're, you have game. And I love your hat is you, it's your <laughs> iconic accessory, you pull it down. And uh, you just have such intention when you come in and you're so consistent and you never get frazzled and you just put it together. And the consistency has really paid off for you, Ashley. And, Thank you. And every time you watch, it's like, this is one to watch. <laughs> and that's what we wanted to do with this podcast is to showcase the ones to watch inside and outside of the arena because to, you have so many things going on and you keep all of those balls in the air and you juggle very well. <laughs> Sometimes not as good as I may portray, but thank you. <laughs> but you do, you cover it well, all of it. You're just a great inspiration for everyone that's watching this and that comes. And I hope that you all enjoy these stories that we're bringing to you about these incredible barrel racers and their stories on and off the uh, arena floor because that's what it's all about and learning more about each other and sharing these stories is, is something that I think we all are not only hungry for, we're starving for is, is uh, just to connect. Yeah, and I sure appreciate you guys too. Like I said, it's, it's one of my favorite races to be at. The ground's always great. You guys are so positive. I love going back and listening to all the stuff, nice things that you say about me oh. when you're announcing. It's funny because you kind of black out when you're running barrels, but every once in a while I'll catch something. I'm like, oh, that's sweet as I'm running. I'm like, I'm like focused on what you're doing, Ashley. <laughs> so. Don't listen to the loud mouth. No, um. I appreciate it so much. And just the positivity, positivity is so nice. So thank you guys for that too. Well, keep winning. I'll try. I'm, right. I'm very blessed, so we'll see what happens. I'm excited to see what uh, Mia's kid will do. Hopefully, if he if I get around to getting him solid enough, hopefully he'll make his debut in June, and hopefully she'll still be running too. And we'll do I'll we bring down three. We're gonna have to bring multiple trailers because I'm out of room now. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll get to see you at the Mini Million yep. in Vegas. I'm just taking Savannah down to that one, but I'm excited. Yeah, yeah with 
I, I do have me a better, but a 12 plus hour drive for her is yeah. probably not going to be good. Well, so, yeah. So we'll just bring Savannah, but I'm definitely looking forward to the mini million. It'll be fun. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see you there. Yes. For I sure. will be there. Well, thank you all for watching and uh, watch for our next episode of One to Watch.